0: Welcome back, welcome back everybody on another welcome to the J episode. I am your host, Jahans Madiga, a.k.a. 12, a.k.a. Canadian Rebel, if you know me that way. Today we have a very special guest, but before I introduce them, I have to make sure that you guys like and subscribe and follow the Field of 68 Media Network. This is all brought to you by the Field Field of 68 Media Network. So make sure to like and follow and subscribe. Now, our 20th guest stepping into the J with me. He is a three-time first-team All-State and a three-time All-State tournament team as a high schooler at Bellevue West. He had a 47-point game as a senior, which is still a school record. He made the MVC All-Bench team as a freshman, an MVC Most Improved team, and second team as a junior. He finished his crane career with 1,341 points, 505 assists, 256 rebounds, and 100 still he played pro ball in Amsterdam, Switzerland, and Mexico. He's currently the assistant coach at Nebraska Kearney. He is the pride of Bellevue West, Antoine Johnson. <laughs> 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 my God, what's good? What's going on? Man, I'm just chilling, man. How you been, man?
1: I'm doing all right, man. I can't complain.
0: Of course he can. Yo, I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. I've been waiting for this moment for quite a long time. I have a list of people that I want to have on the podcast. I'm just going through the entire list, and it's been a crazy year. I'm just finally happy that we were able to find time to get it done, man.
1: Yes, sir, man. Ain't time for you.
0: Man, let's, hey, let's get right into it, because you heard in the opening, I just listed off a ton of your accolades. You've been a hooper from time. You've been a bucket. bucket. <laughs> You've been an absolute bucket. Bro, when did you first realize, like, yo, I'm pretty good at this thing called basketball. When when did you, when did that moment happen for you?
1: Uh, it probably, like, sixth grade, you know, yeah. playing in the uh, youth center league, you start realizing you're a little different, maybe <laughs> than most of the kids you're playing against.
0: Yeah, it's just, it's just a little different, I don't know. Like living on when I was doing the research on you, I'm just kind of seeing all the stuff that you've accomplished in high school. I couldn't say everything, you know, the opening, the introduction can only be so long, but yeah. it just feels like <laughs> you've had a handle on basketball for such a long time. But if you say it started in the sixth grade, that's when it, I guess that's when it started, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's when it started taking off, kind of going places.
0: I know you're a hometown kid and obviously ended up being at, at At Crayon, like you committed pretty early on in the recruiting process as well. But I was also always interested in knowing what other schools were recruiting you. Like, I feel like CU was a pretty done deal from the start, but did you have any other offers, any other visits that you went on?
1: Yeah, I went to Texas, uh, Arizona State, K State. I went out. Hold on
0: Force, and then oh. So, Tuan, I know you're a hometown kid, and I feel like CU is always in the cards for you. You committed pretty early on in the process, but I always want to ask you this question. What other schools were either recruiting you, or what other visits did you take uh, as part of like your recruiting process?
1: Yeah. Uh, in the visits, I, I went to Texas, I went to Arizona State and K State, and then checked out Wake Forest, and then uh, went ahead and committed to D Rock and uh, Coach Alvin.
0: Yeah. D Look, D all the other way to Canada. To get me, yeah. so I already know what his recruiting style was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> what was he telling you that made it so intriguing for you to just commit and, and stay at home?
1: Uh, I think just the whole atmosphere of of the fans at Creighton and what I'd be playing in front of night in, night out, um, and able to be home kind of that hometown kid that's playing kind of in front of those fans I've known you for a while kind of sold it for me.
0: You. I, I've asked this question to some of the guys that play for both Coach Mac and Altman, but I feel like this is a question that you can answer better than anyone, seeing as you played for both guys for two years. So you played for Altman the first two years, you played for Coach Mack the last two years of your career. What are some of the differences in coaching styles between both those guys?
1: Uh, Coach Altman is kind of more old school kind of by, by the book I guess mm-hmm. uh coach Mack is very like pro style uh probably has a little bit more swag <laughs> 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 than uh coach Alvin. uh just I mean very it's kind of night and day but it's it's all good stuff
0: yeah I mean both legendary coaches they both did their own thing in their own way but I mean, I, I committed to Altman. He happened to leave before I even got a chance to play with him. This is a question I've asked a couple of guys, and it's just kind of neat to get their perspective because, like, it just goes to show, right? Like, you can have a bunch of different styles, but they can also be successful in their own right. Right. It's, it's, a cra- it's crazy how far, like, Crane has gone underneath Coach Mack in the last decade or so that he's been uh, at the helm, you see how much obviously campus has grown. Obviously, that has a lot to do with RAS, too. But the, the direction that the program is heading towards underneath Coach Mac, uh, obviously a couple of hitches uh, during the or a couple of hitches on the road this year. But all, all right. in all, how do you feel about the process of of where campus is going, where crane is going, as far as being recognized uh, nationally? how do, how far do you think it has a chance to go? and how well do you think they've done so far in the last decade or so? Yeah, no,
1: so far I think it's been great. I mean, I uh, any chance I get to watch the boys on TV, I'm all, I'm all settled in. They're on my schedule. Um, yeah. I can't wait until it's game time. Um, and I think Mac and Rass are just going to take it to another level. The way the camp is just... just The fan base is going to be there, I think, on the national level. Mac has done a great job of just putting us, you know, in the mix now. I mean, you say, Creighton, everybody knows what's going on. Everybody knows uh, about us, and, and, and our logo is nationally, nationally known. So it's, it's going in the right, right, right direction.
0: You had two different roles playing underneath both those coaches. Like I mentioned earlier, when you were with Altman as a youngster, you know, you obviously a lot more of a, you know, of a role. You're much more of a role player. Um, When Coach Mack came into into the mix of things, he put you in a leadership position. And really your last two years, you really flourished underneath Coach Mack. What, but I know, obviously, those are building blocks to get there. You know, kids come in and they feel like they're going to be the leaders, you know, they're going to be the man right away. But like you, like everyone else, you know, you learn how to play a role and then you slowly matured into your leadership position. What was it right. about those first two years playing a role that really helped you mature to the leader that you became in your last couple of years?
1: Uh, I mean, your first two years, you're just trying to figure out what's going on. I mean, you're not, you don't really, <laughs> you know, you don't know what's up or down, to be honest. Right. Uh, I mean, you're just trying to do what the coaches ask you to do. And biggest thing, I mean, you know, as I know, you're like, man, I just ain't trying to make a mistake <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and mess try up to stay on mess the floor, trying to survive, Yeah, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just trying to get some PT every when I can. Yeah. So I think, you know, when you go through those struggles and you kind of stay, you know, every, every kid now, when they're going through those struggles, they leave or they transfer. Mm-hmm. And I think by staying around and kind of learning tough things out, it, it, it grows on you it makes you grow up a little bit makes you more mature and allows you to be a leader for some of those incoming guys and then you know the guys that are with you
0: it's funny that you mentioned that because the transfer portal has just been pure insanity in the last honestly handful of years uh it it really spiked up this past year obviously but I mean, not about Crane specifically, but how do you think the NCAA, you know, different universities could do, what do you think that they can do to kind of solve that issue of kids really being in one year and being out the next?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's something you can change. I mean, it's just, it's kind of how, I understand if you're transferring for, you know, a certain reason, as far as, you know, coaching or something bad happened, but. You know, a lot of kids nowadays just transfer, you know, they go through a little adversity and they want out. And Mm -hmm. it's that's why the the portal is the way it is right now. It's just crazy. When before, you know, when if you were a kid, you you got there as a freshman, you went through a little struggle, you might call mom and dad, but mom and dad told you, hey, man, this is college basketball. (laughs) You better 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 sit your house down somewhere. Yeah, you you better figure it out. So, I think the transfer portal is just kind of the, the generation that's kind of going that way. And I all I see is it just getting worse, to be honest. I think it's just going to get crazy.
0: You had a lot of memorable moments in your Blue Jay career. It brings me to the first fan question of the day by a Blue Jays fan on Twitter. He wants to know what was going through your mind when you hit that bracket buster game winner and saw the fans rush the floor against Long Beach State. Bro, when I think about about my college career, uh, that is definitely one of the moments that stands out for real. You just wanted the clock down. You took your time, attacked, got a nice little float piece in the middle of the lane, which was your patented shot. Ball went in. Everyone rushes the floor. They had to call everybody off the floor so we could actually finish the game. But what was going through your mind? Because that was such an important game for us in such a pivotal Uh, time of that season.
1: Yeah, no, no question. And uh, I would say, I mean, at that point, you remember Casper Ware, those dudes. I mean, that was a good squad. And,
0: and in my mind,
1: whoo. yeah, yeah, Ennis. I mean, uh, there's a, a couple of dudes that were on that on that team. So in my mind, I was just thinking, if we don't win this now, we're gonna lose. Cause if we got to go to OT, <laughs> <laughs> we are not winning this game. <laughs> so I mean, Mac drew it up, had a ball yeah. screen, they ended up switching. Got, I got what I liked. And I was just kind of live with kind of whatever happened there.
0: Man, that was crazy because when I look back at that footage, I think one of our dance team members <laughs> actually got tackled hard because fans were coming from both sides right into the middle of that J's logo in the yeah. middle of CenturyLink at the time. So <laughs> that was yeah. I think, uh, I think I think Doug Doug might have ran into
1: somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was D Fresh that ran into somebody.
0: I just remember that whole night, like from, uh, honestly oh, that whole day from, cause I think we had a couple, we lost a couple of games in a row. It was late February. Yeah. We just needed to ride the ship. So that was such a big shot just to turn, you know, we were going kind of a little downhill a little bit. That was such a big shot to turn that momentum uphill. We were able to win the Valley tournament and you as a senior that year helped build a turnaround essentially where Crane was able to get back into the NCAA tournament for the first time, and at that point, was seven years. So, uh, first, I have to ask you, uh, we talked about you being thrust into a leadership position once Matt came onto campus, but after two years of being the leader of the team, seeing the, helping the team get to the NCAA tournament for the first time, what did that mean to you, and I guess a little bit of the legacy that you've left behind?
1: Uh, I mean, that's what you play the game for. I mean, that's what... I came to Creighton for was the mm-hmm. playing those moments, um, playing on the biggest stage. I mean, that's that's something you start as a little kid. That's where you, you choose to go to a program to do. And I was just glad I was able to be in Omaha, uh, kind of just carrying on the legacy of of what Creighton basketball stands for and what it's supposed to be and what it's going to be for uh, years to come.
0: We make it to the NCAA tournament that year. We beat Alabama. Tough game. We ended up losing to UNC in Greensboro. But just like you said, you've achieved that, that childhood dream of playing in the NCAA tournament. Uh, when you saw that Trevor Rutherford missed that last shot, <laughs> what, what was going through your mind, Tweeds? Let me know. Let me hear it. I mean,
1: hey, that dude was a bucket. So when he shot it, you know, my heart, my heart was beating fast. Yeah. And uh, I saw it go off the rim, and uh, you know when you're just looking for somebody to hug and ain't nobody there. <laughs> <area. laughs> it was kind of like that. And shoot, I mean, you know how those tournament games are, man. And you just you live to see another day. You just yeah. How how it works. And uh, but now when that ball went off off the rim, I was, that was probably the most ecstatic I had been. So I'm glad yeah. it
0: did. <laughs> I, I remember being like, yo, I don't know why they keep saying survive in advance. That's literally what the tournament is. Like, by the skin of your teeth, however you <laughs> do Survi-
1: <to> <laughs> Survive in advance. <sighs> Throw you out in the wilderness. Just figure it out,
0: guy. Man, for real, though, that bro, that run, like, we turning it around from that Long Beach State game to winning a couple last regular season game, making number two in the Valley, Winning the Valley Tournament, beating Alabama, eventually beating yeah, yeah. North Carolina and Greensboro—that's a hell of a run, right there, boy. If I, if anything,
1: yeah, we man, I think it was just our team was just so good, and so connected, man. The relationships that we had—it was just it was just so much fun, you know. Outside yeah. of basketball, I guess that makes-
0: <laughs> so pre. Previous guests of the podcast, I've mentioned this uh, also, just the chemistry that we had off the court, you know, how, how good it was. I think yeah. one of the legendary things that has always been brought up on this show is our trip to the Bahamas. And I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about a little club hurricane, you know. <laughs> so, uh, I, 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 it's been stated here before how important that trip was just for us to build a camaraderie off the court, which inevitably helped us on the court. From your perspective, what did that trip mean as far as, you know, bringing all the guys together and, and teaching us really to trust one another off the court as well as on the court?
1: No, oh, man, that that trip was huge for us. I know everybody was kind of complaining because it made for a long summer. Like we didn't get no break and mm. we had to practice. And but those practices, and then from the time we got over there, I think us just hanging out, You know, going to Atlantis, hanging out on the beach, those things. So much closer. And you know, Club Hurricane did do its thing to us, so I can't can't leave that one out. (laughs) I'm sure I'm sure the Godfather Roscoe won't forget about that day.
0: (laughs) Hey, Ross, come on the show, bro. But (laughs) Ross had himself a tough day, didn't he?
1: Yeah, Ross. Ross was struggling. (laughs)
0: oh man yeah those practices honestly I felt like really did like the practices were tougher than the games because like we were all competing for spots you had Austin Chapman who was a young guy he was coming into his freshman year he was challenging you at every step I had Avery and Nevin Johnson at my neck at the two guard spot you know and not to say and that's not to mention Josh Jones, that we had a, me and Josh, I yeah, a Jay battle, Jones. Yeah. once we got, once we got down there, bro, we forgot all about that. <laughs> like it forgot, was just crazy.
1: Yeah, man, we forgot it all. I mean, you man. might've been a little mad about uh, Nevin charging all the massages to the room. But-
0: man, <laughs> hey, look. <laughs> hey, today's day, I'm not sure if I got a formal apology from Mac for blaming me to get. I didn't get a hey, Mac, I didn't get a massage from root service. That was Nevin, okay? <laughs> All right. I didn't cost the team an uh, extra 120 bucks. That was Nevin, oh, bro. Hey, Nevin. Sorry to throw you under the bus too, but hey, I have to get that off my shoulders real quick. <laughs> yeah, you you because <laughs> my man got lit up about that. Oh, oh man, what a, dude. Oh, so many good times in college, man. I wish sometimes we could go back, but alas oh, we gosh. are where we are. Yeah, uh, you, yeah had, you had a chance to play a couple of years of, of pro basketball before obviously joining the coaching ranks, which you're doing a great job at right now. And assistant at Nebraska Kearney working your way up. Uh, what is the major difference that you find between college and, and pro play? Uh,
1: I would say, I mean, Mac just prepared us so well uh, for being a pro. Mm-hmm. So... By the time I got over there, I'm playing pro ball. I mean, it's not very much different than in college. The only difference is you're not going to class mm-hmm. uh, and, and your coaching style is a little different. But I think Mac just did a did a good job, uh, you know, teaching us every day, you know, college athletes how to be a pro, to be honest. And, uh, you know, by the time you got over there, there wasn't nothing you were going to see throw you a loop and you, you, you do a lot of your business in a professional way because that's how we did it, you know, while we were students at
0: Creighton. The, the European style, and I mean, I can only speak on that side. I played in Europe yeah. pretty much my whole career, but you've played in different spots. Uh, is it different than, I guess, obviously what you see in college? I know that it is, but can you explain maybe some of the little differences, yeah. that, the nuances that people wouldn't necessarily understand?
1: I mean, over here, don't get me wrong. I mean, you have athletes over here, uh, but overseas when you're playing, you know, in Europe, wherever you're playing, the game is much more skilled. I mean, Mm -hmm. they just more, um, and they don't rely on athleticism as much. So when you get over there, you really got to, you really learn, you really got to understand different schemes um and really pay attention to those things versus you know here in the states in college you know you can kind of it's it's an athletic game at, at the same time I mean it's still x's and o's but it's more athletics than you actually running stuff and knowing what you're supposed to do and taking advantage of different things so.
0: how did you being able to you know I see I talked about your high school career talked about your college career talked about your pro career a little bit uh, how did all of those different levels prepare you to be the coach that you are today?
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, high school, you're just, like I said, you're just trying to figure it out. Uh, I had Coach Woodard who had me, and he was basically teaching me and grooming me to be a, be a college athlete. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, all the running and the discipline stuff I had in high school that you probably didn't like, by the time I got to college, it made college that much easier. Um, And then the same thing, you get to college, you realize, you know, everybody was a dude at high school where they came from. So how do you separate yourself when you get to college? Because everybody was good. And then, you know, vice versa, you get to college. Now you got Coach Mack and Coach Altman teaching you how to be a pro because when you go pro, everybody's good. And how do you separate yourself there? So the different levels are teaching you and trying to build you, you for the next spot that you go to and learning all those things helped me coach, you know, today and in, in the way I do things.
0: So I need to ask, how do you prepare your student athletes now that you're in that position of molding young men to become pros and, and to move on in their basketball careers?
1: Yeah, no, I, uh, I kind of go with the same approach as I, as I was taught. Uh, I take a lot from coach Altman that kind of gives me that old school approach. Mm-hmm. Um, I take a lot from Coach Mack that kind of gives me more of the pro style, and the X's and no's and very detailed approach. And then I go from DRock that gives me that toughness, grit, you know, <laughs> grind out, you know, no, yeah. not a lot of sympathy. I take that approach. And I kind of put it all together and, and try to teach our kids that kind of philosophy through all three of those positions.
0: Did you develop the scowl that D-Rock has whenever hey, you kids mess up?
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I kind of got a little, I got a little flair and I'm I, I really blaming on D-Rock. He gets me kind of, when I get riled up, that D-Rock come out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a really bad, I got a really bad in when D-Rock come out.
0: Hey, shout out to D-Rock, man. You didn't want to make a defensive mistake with that guy on the side, especially when it was his scout. Especially when he was a scout.
1: <laughs> no question. No question. Uh, I mean, like I said, you, you start preparing yourself for different things. And even when we were in college, I mean, you remember D-Rock, was, his scouting reports were to the T. I mean, it wasn't like we ever went on the floor and somebody was running something and we were like, man, we've never seen this before. Yeah, we had seen exactly. it. You know, we knew what was happening. Now, it might be Jimmer for Dead and it wouldn't
0: have mattered, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at that point, superstar talent takes over. But if yeah. I recall, we held Jimmer to a season low that year. So, it, yeah, I mean, hey, we, we did. Out. So that, something, worked. Out. Yeah. something worked yeah. out. Even though we ended up losing, that, that's unfortunate. That was yeah. the first time that BYU game that I really experienced the power of Quest Center Omaha. I think it was at that point in time, my yeah. freshman year. Because yep. they had the additional seats, you remember, on, on that second level, okay. they had Everyone's, the additional yep. seats, they had the student section come in early, one dude was yelling Jimmer in the student section, the entire warm it was yep. just like, you could really feel like what that real college atmosphere is, and that was my first very experience of, of numerous experiences no at CenturyLink slash Club Center, so. Yeah, no, shout out to our coaches because you're right about our scouting report and being in the right spots. You literally had no excuses on game day if you if you Yeah, you,
1: you You didn't. You really didn't. And I, that's, when, that's when I take over to coaching now because my B-Rock comes out whenever you ain't doing what you're supposed to be doing.
0: <laughs> I'm planning on doing a show with all of our favorite walk-ons, some of our favorite teammates who really helped us, you know, get ready yeah. on those game days like you just mentioned. Uh, Yeah, we were able, being back in Omaha, we were able to hang out with a couple of them this past weekend, which was always a ton of fun, but I'd like to hear it from your words. How important was it to have a scout team like those guys who like really, really were drilled and and prepared us in every way, shape and form, uh, to be ready on game day?
1: Yeah, no, no question. Shout out my guy, uh, T-Storm, Taylor Stormberg. (laughs) Let's go. You Uh, already know. Uh, my God, my God, Godfather Roscoe, <laughs> and my, my man, big, big Matt Dorrit, seven foot yeah. from Sydney, Nebraska. That's my guy. Doc. Uh, yep. Hey, those dudes every day would battle. T-Storm would always, I mean, he knew it was going to happen, but he would battle you to the death. And mm-hmm. Roscoe would always be, you know, a shooter that we were supposed to cover. And for some reason, Roscoe, every, every day in practice, you <laughs> It's a, it's a uh, Matt, you know, Matt would be at the five. If you're not covering those things, they would cut you
0: up. Matt, so, Ross hit me with the Roscoe step so often. I don't even know <laughs> if it should be called a step back at this point because what, what a lot of kids are learning now, Ross was doing way back then. We just didn't yeah, he was. <laughs>
1: Oh, those dudes, man. Roscoe was a bucket. Mm-hmm. T Storm was a bucket, and also Matt. Matt, go ahead and give it to you. And then I gotta give one shot. I forgot my bot. My boy Mo just graduated doing his thing. <laughs> Mo used to come in there.
0: Get hey, box out.
1: Hit you with that. Watch your head.
0: Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite guys, even though it sucked just having him on the court playing against us, but Derek Sebastian used to get every said, 50, yeah, 50 yeah. Man. Derek was always, always <laughs> All over the court, and always. Coach, always.
1: All, and coach always come in, you too good to get on the floor? We got Derek out here.
0: And I'm like, <laughs> man, man, Yeah, oh, man. I forgot M- about much, Derek. There goes. Was- much love to those guys because they prepared us but as well as anybody could, honestly, if we had to practice against the team that we were about to play against every day, they wouldn't have done oh. a, as good of a job as our scout team did because sometimes they were understood way better than the other team was. Yeah, I, way better than I never really the other understood team. that. Yep. And That's crazy. So before I let yeah. you go, Tweez, yeah. I got to ask you these rapid questions. I ask this to everybody that comes on the podcast. And this is going to be the yep. last couple of questions before I let you go. Again, yep. do appreciate you so much for, you know, taking a little bit of time out of your day to step into the J with me. You already know what it is, when we at the J together. you feel
1: me? Yes, sir. So let me book. hear you, bro. <laughs> <No>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so let's hear it. Favorite place other than Omaha to play in the Valley? Uh...
1: I'm
0: going to have to go to Wichita State. But, yep, there it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're a real Valley boy, Wichita State you, is usually the one. Yeah, I didn't. That,
1: yeah, that yeah. place would get pretty live.
0: So I asked you that because Gregory Echenique, I had him a couple of uh, weeks ago, and he said Wichita State and Missouri State. So two oh, tough oh, places. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. two tough places. Though. I agree with both you guys. Wichita State, I mean – we got a little TBT action coming up in Wichita for all the fans who are going to have a chance to drive up there. Look, I'm yep. not saying we can do it again, but we broke a lot of hearts in Wichita in my day. <laughs> Bro-
1: broke a lot of hearts.
0: <laughs> Whenever you went and you did 10 months abroad, what was the first meal when you got back into the States?
1: Oh, uh, Chipotle.
0: Oh, Okay. I think it yeah. might be your first Chipotle guy. Chick-fil-A has yeah. been the number one answer so far. I went, I went straight to Chipotle and did my thing. Yeah? So what'd you yeah. go? What, what was the order like? Man, what well, the order, it was
1: about 60 euros or 60 bucks worth of food. I think <laughs> yeah. I got
0: like a, a
1: like, got
0: That's a meal right there for your ass. All right, here we yeah, go. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Last question, Tweez. Uh yep. a coach, a coach that helped you raise your game while you are crane Blue Jay. Who would that coach be?
1: D Rock, Darren
0: Devries. hmm Got me right,
1: pushed me every day. Um, wouldn't be at where I, where I got to or where I am today without him.
0: I know, I know, like, d was the guy who recruited me, too. I know how hard he works. I know the different kind of jokes that he makes you do, so I'd with you 100%, but I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you about Coach Lutz getting after you. And- yeah, love, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I vividly remember those verbal battles between you and Lutz, but yeah, look,
1: we, yeah, <laughs> we, we had some battles. We had some battles. Lutz know I love him, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, for real. Hey, look, it just goes to show like, again, we talked about different styles of coaching, right? Like D-Rock, Lutz, two very different styles. Now both head coaches at their own respective schools. So shout out to yeah. them. Shout out to the hard work that they put in. They obviously deserve everything that they've earned. And, and you know, D-Rock already put in your work. I, I'm anxious yeah, to see yeah. how well Lutz is going to do up in in Texas, uh, Corpus God. Christi. So uh, again, Tuan, I appreciate you so much, bro. Thanks for stepping back into the J with me. You already know what it is. All right. Uh, before I let you go, any last words for the Creighton fans who are listening to this?
1: And I would just keep supporting the guys and, and keep keep uh, the CenturyLink live. And Creighton's on its way, man. It's going to keep trending upwards and just keep me and the fans that you guys are. Uh, it was amazing to be around. It's amazing to see. And uh, I really appreciate the things you guys did for me and my time
0: there. Hell yeah, man. We appreciate you always. You know, we're always going to be rooting for you. I uh, can't wait to see, you know, where your coaching career takes you. I know that you're climbing up the ranks. So, man, I wouldn't be shocked if you're in one of those D-Rock led situations sooner before sooner than later. <laughs> so,
1: keep yes, working, sir. brother.
0: Keep grinding. I know you're probably on the road right now recruiting, too, on the low. So, look, I'm not even going yeah, to knock there. your hustle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not even going to knock your hustle, bro. So yes, thank you so much, Tuan. Everybody else, make sure that you like and follow and subscribe to the Field of 68 Media Network. I appreciate you guys so much uh, being in Omaha. The last you know, few days, I've had a lot of feedback from you guys about listening to the podcast and to keep up the good work. So I'm going to try my best on my end and make sure you guys keep listening, all right? So appreciate you guys. Don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe. Tuan. love you, bro. We'll talk soon for sure. And yes, sir. as always, go Jay.